Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another edition of the Coronavirus Diaries, daily, 9 p.m. on Facebook Live. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. How are you? Hope you're all well, inshallah ta'ala. Enjoying the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today joining me is Dr. Muhammad Malkawi. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hayakum Allah kareem. How are you, Dr. I'm doing very well, alhamdulillah, with the blessings of Allah Azza wa Jal, I'm fine. Jazakallahu khair. Alhamdulillah, Brothers and sisters, my first request to you, as always, is to grab your phone, whatever device you're watching on, on the computer, and to go and share this on your page with your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, so that they can join the conversation. Uh, we love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your ideas, your questions uh, for Dr. Malkawi. At the start, as usual, we will uh, play a short dua, which was taught to us by our beloved Prophet wasallam, to say one of the many duas to say in these days, in times like this, when we face such a test in time and calamity. So here is the dua. Thank you very much for joining us, brothers and sisters. Uh, today's topic, coronavirus and the collapse of the world order. Um, Dr. Malkawi is, uh, is a writer, is a thinker, uh, he's an associate professor. He has written um, extensively, he's spoken at uh, various conferences and always pushing the idea of what Islam has to offer. And on the screen, I just put this is uh, his book the fall of capitalism, and the rise of Islam. Dr. Malkabi, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. I actually remember uh, recently that the first time I think I met you was 19... You came to London for the Khilafah Conference 1994. Oh, mashallah, you have a good memory, brother. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, I was very young to the Dawah at that time. Alhamdulillah. You wrote an article a few days ago, Corona and the Collapse of the World Order. Um, so I think the qu some questions to start off with is, when, we, when you talk about the world order collapsing, what do you say the world order? What do you mean by that? Well, uh, what I mean by the world order is the position at which the uh, major influential countries in the world are in 
uh, in this case, uh, it's the United States, Britain, France, China, uh, and Russia, uh, and how they deal with world problems, regional problems, uh, issues of uh, global scale, uh, like uh, economy, financial chaos, uh, mass destruction weapons, the spread of uh, the so-called terrorism, which they have really created, and they talk about it, the maintenance of uh, peace and security based on their interest, the interest of the most influential of these. Uh, currently, the world order is maintained uh, almost entirely by the United States. United States recruits the help of uh, Russia whenever it needs it, like it did in Syria, recruits the help of Britain as it did in Iraq and in the Gulf War, uh, recruits uh, China whenever it has to deal with Korea. So the United States is really the maintainer of the world order. However, the uh, countries which have uh, certain merit, especially the ones which emerged after the Second World War, uh, supposedly as uh, victorious. That's why one reason I excluded Germany, mm -hmm. because Germany uh, was uh, Germany lost in the Second World War, so they don't consider it. In fact, Germany continues to be under occupation of American uh, army until today. There, there are there are some. Uh, uh, American bases in Germany. These are not the NATO ones. These are the ones which came uh, after the uh, signing the treaty of defeat by Germany and the uh, uh, and the allies. So that's what I mean by the world order. So currently, in a short, world order is sustained mainly by the United States. It's supported partially by uh, Britain, France, uh, China, and Russia. Uh, United after the defeat or the collapse of the Soviet Union, United States became the main uh, sustainer of the global world order. Somebody may listen to this conversation we're having and say, okay, the US is the dominant power. It is the leader of the world, if we, if we could call it that, and maintains this world order. Why is that such a bad thing? Well, uh, any uh, the world order at any point of time needs a sustainer. There is no question uh, about that because otherwise chaos, uh, wars, uh, and the trouble can take place. Uh, the problem is not with having a world order. The problem is when the sustainer of the world order it plays all the rules and uh, all the games for its interest and only its interest. Number one. Number two, when the system run by the uh, sustainer of the world order, in this case America, is corrupt from within, uh, and uh, it, it's based on exploitation of people, and as we have seen, uh, it, it does not hesitate to use mass destruction weapons whenever it's needed, like they did in, in Japan. Uh, like they have done in massive bombardment to Iraq. They killed almost one million people, as they are doing now in Syria through the proxy war uh, by Iran and by Russia, uh, as uh, probably most likely, as some people, they 
they're already hinting at uh, biological warfare if it's not if it's not happening today then they might as well use it very soon if it's uh, if they see it uh, it's beneficial pompeo was just talking that this is a mere live exercise so maybe they are exercising with the world to see how it will function so the problem is not with a world order the problem is with who sustains the world order when the Khilafah state during the uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th century was really the sustainer and the maintainer and the, and the, and the supreme power of the world order, the world never witnessed uh, global wars at the scale of the first world war or the second world war, and the current ongoing third world, third world wars, if you will. Okay, brothers and sisters, thanks for joining us. Coronavirus Diaries, nightly, 9 p.m. Today, I'm with my guest, uh, Dr. Abdul Talha uh, Mohammed Malkawi, I'm talking about coronavirus and the collapse of the world order, an article that he's written. Love to hear your thoughts, your questions, your comment. Stephen Rod says the, the world's heaviest bombs dropped in Afghanistan two years ago. Um, in your article, you the title, Coronavirus and the Collapse of the World Order. How do you link these two issues? Well, the coronavirus, first of all, the, uh, the world economy, which is uh, in particular the one that's in the United States, the largest economy in the world, was on the verge of a collapse. Uh, we have talked about that. Uh, many times, uh, and we have talked that since 2008, the uh, economy of the United States and the world economy has not really completely uh, recovered. Uh, it's still uh, under the pressure of a virtual economy that is bound to, to, to explode at any point of time. So, and all it needed is a, a trigger, an event that can uh, blow it up. And here comes Corona, Corona as a, a, a pandemic or as a, a medical uh, epidemic, medical uh, issue mm. uh, spread uh, from China and then all over the world. Uh, Trump started calling it the Chinese virus. Uh, many people are dying. Many people are getting infected. Uh, many companies are closing. The uh, airlines are uh, grounded. Uh, transportation, uh, metros, taxis, Ubers, all of them are grounded. Uh, many uh, retail stores, consumer product, uh, supply chains are being blocked. So all of this is a threatening of a financial collapse, uh, worse than the one we have seen in 2008. Worse, worse than you believe this collapse could be worse than what happened after the financial crisis in 2008? Oh, definitely, definitely. There is no question about it. And the, the one in 2008 was confined to the real estate problem. Uh, and that's why it, uh, it was really, it, it manifested itself in the banks and the financial organizations that uh, dealt with uh, housing loans and real estate loans. Uh, this one is hitting the backbone of, uh, of the economy of any country, which is really the consumer. At the end of the day, the, the, the consumer, which is the spread in each and every branch of the economy, it's the food supplies, the toilet paper, if you will. I, I like to use this example because everybody has uh, seen it. 
the hygiene, the uh, the food, the uh, auto parts, automo automobile parts, the automobile industry itself, which everybody is using, the uh, transportation on a daily basis, the restaurants, the hotels. So uh, it has hit almost each and every branch of the industry and the societies. So it's going to be much, much more widespread. Uh, imagine within a month or two months when people are going to they have to pay their installments for their mortgages, for their cars, for their houses, for their daily loans, for the credit card loans. People, they every month they have a payment to pay because they have used their credit cards during the last few months. They will fail to do that one month after a month. Then they will have to file bankruptcy. And in this case, you file a personal bankruptcy. It's not a company bankruptcy. So the So it's going to hit very 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 hard much worse than what 2008 did brother zamir abdullah from on facebook says during the last global financial crisis in 2008 the world powers recovered and maintained their global influence how do we know they will not rebound from this crisis once again well i think i've mentioned something a few minutes ago that the world actually had not recovered from the financial crisis and the economic uh, meltdown of 2008 it had not it is being uh, uh, it has been uh, uh, if you will uh, bombarded with uh, heavy cash uh, from the federal uh, reserve bank with trillions of dollars which do not have a match in the economy so they are really it's wrapping up the problem saying that look we have cash and because we have cash we can buy stocks now the stocks don't have real values and the cash does not have real values so what the growth we see we have seen which trump was quoting all the time look at the stock market we have reached the 30000 points but those 30000 points we lost them almost within the first few bad news about the coronavirus so so and that shows that we really have not recovered the world had not recovered they just have had wrapped up the problem and the, the, the moment we have a crisis, it immediately showed. So the, the, the coronavirus did not create the current meltdown, did not create the problem. It just uh, revealed what we have been trying to cover up for the last uh, 10 years. So the, uh, the, the economy as such, until and unless the, the, the economy is tied up to the financial growth. The financial growth is tied to the economy until the finance financial system is tied to the gold system. Until and unless we have a good match between what we produce and what how much money we have, you will not have a, a sustainable economy. That's uh, that's a de facto. So what the, the point here is there is no recovery. And even if they can pump two trillion dollars as they have done today or five trillions within the next a few weeks that will make things worse okay it, i find it interesting that uh, your the title coronavirus and the collapse of the world order you seem to be saying that what underpins what lies under what is the foundation of the power that britain america these western powers have over the world you seem to tie it down to the financial that if if financially they're weak, they collapse, this will be a problem. But many people might look and say that they have militaries, they have huge armies, huge bases, 
you look at you're tied to the financial as opposed to their physical military power why is that sure well the uh, during the last uh, 70 years or so since the end of the second world war the uh, the reason and the main cause why the united states had had assumed this position in the in the uh, world order is because of its economic and financial strength and when it was uh, growing in its economy and it really wanted to overwhelm the rest of the world it just untied the dollar from the gold so they will have excessive amount of dollars more than anyone can even think of so it's really it's the economic financial power that allows united states to run its military you cannot run a massive military without enough money and economic economic support you cannot even run your health industry mm. without the backup of economy and the economic strength today we have seen that this whole economic and financial strength is not able to sustain the hygiene the uh, ventilators the uh, uh, lack the, of the hospitals yeah lack of hospital beds exactly so now when it comes to the military power which is the main power to sustain the world order that will not be you you you, you cannot sustain that or today the united states ordered all its armies all its forces outside the united states to stop all the, their operations for 60 days why it's not because of corona alone but because of corona had told them that look keep your resources as tight as possible because you will not be able to spend as much as you were able to spend yesterday so this issue with the economic now one more thing i remember from 2008 mm. the united states had ordered their cia officers to start recruit, recruiting agents or making their meetings through closed circuit tv without having to travel and before that a cia officer would probably go to Somalia, to Mauritania, to Egypt, to Hungary, to Bulgaria, and spend millions of dollars. No one would tell him how much we spend. But in 2008 crisis, they told them, you have to be grounded. Be careful, you cannot spend as much. Now, you cannot sustain a world order if you want to do it online remotely. This okay. is impossible. So today, we have seen that everything has been shut down, almost everything. You cannot sustain a world order like that. It will be dismantled until and unless maybe a few years. If no one uh, takes uh, opportunity, the opportunity and fills the, the vacuum and come up as a new power, mm -hmm. then, of course, they may come back. Uh, but for the time being, for what we see, there will be a time when this world order will be, uh, will be vacated from the superpower that sustains it because it has to of its own local Brothers and sisters, thanks for joining us. Coronavirus Diaries today with my guest, Dr. Mohamed Malkawi. Just to quickly tell you that tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, uh, a plug for tomorrow's program, we will be having a youth worker with us, uh, Brother Hamza. A lot of the youth are at home in lockdown, facing issues for the first time having to cope with being alone. So Brother Hamza will join us talking about helping youth cope with lockdown. Dr. Balkawi, um, some questions from Facebook. Abu Yusuf says many states are facing a choice between saving the economy or the health of the nation. 
not much of a choice. How does Islam deal with these two issues without compromising any of them, if that is at all possible? We can see that Trump is under great pressure from the business elite to restart the economy by Easter and is downplaying the coronavirus. What would Islam uh, okay. do in this situation? In, in a nutshell, Islam summarized the priorities uh, of the state, the country, the nation uh, of Islam or the Ummah of Islam by three things, with the Prophet sallallahu anyone which means anyone in the whole state of Islam within the Khilafah state who goes to bed at the end of the day he has uh, security physical security is attained which means he he does not fear the uh, attacks from outside no one is going to disturb his peace and his security, number one. Number two, his health is secured. Health is uh, protected and secure. And his food is guaranteed. These are the main issues, the main priorities that the state has to take care of because with health, with food, and with uh, uh, security, then you can recover almost anything else. So those are priorities. And today, we have seen that the world all of the world, all of the states, without any exception, including the United States, Russia, China, France, Britain, the health security is the last on the list. The uh, uh, military security, the intelligence security, the all of these securities, the the cameras all over the world, they distributed for the, uh, the, the, the collection of data and intelligence on people. That is called intelligence security. So, for, for, for example, in the UK here, one of the issues that somebody raised uh, recently was that they're able to, sp the government has been able to spend hundreds of millions, billions of dollars on drones, on nuclear weapons, on the Polaris missile system under the sea. But the last 10 years, the health system, the, the money for the health system has been cut and cut and cut in real terms, people would argue. So they found money for many fancy defense projects which are not able to defend against a tiny virus. Yeah, that, that, that's a fact. And that's actually, it reflects the mentality and the priorities of states. Uh, it's not out of the blue that the United States spend, let's say, uh, 10 or 15 percent of its budget on military. They allocate that because they think of this border global security for them is number one it's absolute which is okay but they don't match this with the food security and the health security each and every state today ask them a question uh, what have you done for your food security they will tell you we have at least what is sufficient for us for six, 60 days grain sugar uh, oil uh, those uh, basic materials mm -hmm. they will tell you some of them, they will say, I have 30 days, 60 days. Somebody had a plan for it. Find me at least one state that tells you how much you can survive if you have a pandemic, uh, pandemic like Corona or like anything else. What, how many uh, beds do you have? How do you know that this number of beds is sufficient mm. for 30 days or 60 days? They don't, they have a zero plan. Whereas in the Islamic state, Islamic Khilafah, the Prophet وسلم, makes it as equal the health as equal the health security as equal as the food security as equal as the intelligence and the military security.
those three things go together. The only the only notion in the world has come from the Prophet This is what Islam had to prof- to to offer the people. That's what the Islamic ideology we are talking about. That is the ideology or the system that should replace the current world order. That should fill the gap that will be that will be created after all of this uh, uh, melts down. Brothers and sisters, your thoughts, your questions, your comments, please put them on so we can ask them. Um, Qasim Zak raises the question, who will suffer the most from the financial crisis and why? Well, the most that will suffer from financial crisis are the ones who thought that they had the money and they don't. Who thought they have, let's say, the ones who have, who were on Wall Street and they were playing with billions or trillions of dollars and they knew it's trash they knew it's trash but so once it melts down those people will suffer will suffer the most the big corporations will suffer uh, the, the the poorest nations in africa and in asia will be the least to suffer if you will because they had nothing to lose in the first place um, when we talk about the world order and you say coronavirus and the collapse of the world order because the financial uh, system is going to be very hit with this current crisis, the obvious question that comes is when people look out there, um, actually, let me, let me put up a poster that I found, uh, an article that I found to link it to my question, um, which is that, okay, so somebody said william davis he said the last global crisis didn't change the world but this one could the muslim ummah the muslims in this crisis we're not looking at we don't find people in the world looking to cairo looking to riyadh looking to baghdad looking to bangladesh looking to pakistan people for the medical solutions for the financial solutions for the solutions of how to bring people together, people are not looking to the Muslim world because they think these countries themselves are basket cases. But you seem to be making an argument that Islam can somehow fill uh, the vacuum, that um, a, a possible vacuum that could be coming up. Yes. Uh, look, uh, world orders do not appear and disappear in a second. It's a process. The collapse world orders, it's a process which takes a while. It's not tomorrow. It's not even if uh, Corona today reaches the impact of Corona, uh, 70 million uh, casualties or fatal uh, deaths, as some people have uh, uh, predicted. The world order will not change the next day. World orders take a while. Like the Second World War, uh, uh, starting 1939 until 1945, that's for the 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 old world order to collapse until 1952 by the time the new world order has shaped up so usually it takes time now the muslim ummah and the muslim world had been subjugated for colonialism and for traitors and for treasons and for being backward for the last uh, 99 years uh, or even uh, could be more but what I am saying in my article that there are ingredients uh, within this Muslim world, within Indonesia, Malaysia, Turkey, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, uh, Egypt, Nigeria, Niger, Senegal, all of these, although they are poor countries, but within them there is one homogeneous ummah, 
one ummah that believes in one deen, one belief, one aqidah, uh, believes in one Allah Azza wa Jal, has one Quran, uh, they may have different interpretations, but the overall, this ummah is homogeneous, unlike any other nation in the world, number one. Number two, this homogeneity of Islam also within that embedded a system that can actually solve the woes of the world, the health problem, the food problem, the poverty, the insecurity the people live in. Look, the world lives has been living under insecurity since the, the end of the Second World War, under the fear of a global world war would erupt with, with, with nuclear weapons. The world has been under fear, and we have seen movies that, that came to scare the people out, like the last day, on how the people fear that. And when the Soviet Union disappeared, people breathed, were breathing a little bit, but now they are under this conspiracy theory, saying that we are under bio, uh, uh, biological viral war warfare. Although it's a theory, but nevertheless, the people are being are scared, not because of the current death, but because of the aftermath. Now, in the Muslim world, what we have, we have uh, an ummah with about 1.8 billion people. Uh, this uh, uh, mass people, they believe in one idea, and the idea has systems and it has solutions. And also it has a tendency. There is a tendency to come up and, and, and do their responsibility. Beyond that, the Quran and the Islam that we believe in as 1.8 billion people, it's telling us day after day that you are the witnesses over mankind. You are responsible. Allah Azza wa Jal is bestowing upon me and you and all these people who listen that we are responsible for the current corona epidemic in the world because we have not been able to stand up and resolve it before it happens. We are responsible for that. It's an obligation. So this ummah has what it takes to come and fill the vacuum. Now, if we fail to do that, that is our problem. That's even that makes things worse because we leave the world under the the the, the mercy of the non-mercy, the non-merciful. Uh, whereas we are trying to bring the world to the mercy of the merciful, as Allah Azza wa Jal told the, the, in Surah Ibrahim, first ayah. A book has been revealed to you to bring the people out of the darknesses they are, they are in. What worse of a darkness than this one? No one knows what's happening. Listen to the, to the press conference on a daily basis for Trump and his idiot people uh, around. They don't know what they are doing. It's a darkness. Maybe they do, and if they do, they are hiding it, which is worse. I mean, if they know and they hide it, it is... Terrible. It if sounds like it, it sounds like they really don't know. It sounds so many contradictory statements. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, these are the top leaders of the world. They come out like idiots. They don't give any solution. Uh, Trump says, "Oh, maybe we will reach up to hundred thousand people or two hundred thousand people." Oh, that's good if we keep it under this number. What is that? That is the darknesses the world is living. The world needs someone like Umar bin Khattab, like Abu Bakr, like Uthman, like Ali, even like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at the time to come and, and tell them this is there is the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. There are reasons and we give you the knowledge and we give you the data and we don't hide anything. And we will, and whenever someone says that you stay at home, I will stay at home because I know the person who is telling me that he has a, a, a belief in the same God I believe in. Not as we today. 
Today, the one who is telling you the order, he has a belief in a company, a corporation, other than the corporation you work for. And no one worries about Allah, looks up to Allah Azza wa Jal. So that's what we are saying. The Muslim world can fill the gap, can stand up to its responsibility, but it has to make one major change. It has to make one major step. And that major step, you must build your state. You must build your instrument to be able to be influential. You must build that Islamic system of govern governance, which can provide justice, which can provide values, which can show and appear to the people as a caretaker, not as a care. There, there is a difference. There is a caretaker and a caretaker. A caretaker who takes care of the people mm -hmm. and a caretaker who takes the care out of the people. Okay. So the okay. current caretakers, they take the they do take care, but they take the care out of the people. And we are the caretaker, we give the care the, the, to the to the people. Yeah. Um Javid Hassan. Brothers and sisters, keep your questions coming, please, from on, on, on Facebook. Javid Hassan says that Assalamu alaikum. Do you think this crisis could be an opportunity to restore the caliphate? If yes, and how? And add to that another comment from Brother Anur Khan. He says, Can the world order change happen without an alternative being there? Well, uh, let me answer the second question first. Yeah. Yes, the second order, the, the, the world order can change. Uh, it means it may uh, collapse or be dismantled, or the bond that brings the world together can can actually become loose without having an, an alternative. The alternative will have to come up, uh, will have to develop. And usually we say the vacuum hates, or, or the, the, the nature of things hates the vacuum. You don't allow vacuums to, to, to persist, but vacuum does happen, does happen, and then it can be filled again. Now, and that is an opportunity for the Khilafah to emerge. Why I am saying this, that this is an opportunity? Because Khilafah is a state that represents an idea and an ideology. And a state that represents an ideology, a mabda, a system, is positioned to challenge a world order, whether it's in existence or to fill a vacuum once the world order is dismantled. So in while the world order was intact and as, as it is today and yesterday, and there is a power to sustain it, then that power will not allow any system to emerge in the current world order. World orders, once it's stable, it hates any change. It does not allow new powers. Not even the United States and Europe, uh, Britain, France, uh, China, and the Soviet Union at the time, and Russia, did not allow Germany to be part of the world order, did not allow Japan, even after they recovered from the Second World War, did not allow, uh, uh, in fact, China was banned out of the world order for a long time. It was Taiwan, which was a member of Security Council. So it's not easy and it's, it's not even feasible to allow a new country, a new state, with a new idea, with a new message, with a new mission, to rise up and become part of the world order. Hey, this is not something you can allow. Uh, a second, uh, need to bring my power. Sorry about that. No problem. Uh, I, it's, it's, I, 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 
I have to maintain my uh, my power so uh, here. But so the, 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 yes, there is today, once the collapse happens and it's going to happen, then the time and the, 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 the opportunity and the condition is wide open for the rise of the Khilafah uh, as a state and the, the an obstacle which has been Uh, 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 being in in place, not uh, this is not out of the blue. There was a power behind it. The Britain, Britain, once it was able to dismantle the Khilafah, it vowed to make sure that it will never come back, and that's why they they, they installed uh, so-called leaders who are traitors, agents, who whose main job, main responsibility in Saudi Arabia, in Egypt, in Morocco, in Algeria, in Turkey, in Pakistan, to to make sure to prevent the rise of Islamic State. But today, when the power grip is loosened, mm -hmm. when the financial collapse happens, when the economic strength is no more no more there, and the world order, the, the grip, the military grip of the United States is weakened, once that happens, then the ability for the rise of a new state, be it the Khilafah or another one, is there. But of course, there is no other idea that is competing or hurrying up or rushing to fill the gap. We yeah. are the one who are doing that. And we are the transformers. The world today needs a transformation. I, I, no I, 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 I have to pause you there because I want that phrase to sink in. You, okay. You're saying we are the transformers. Yes. Okay. Meaning? Meaning. Today, everybody is talking about transformation. Whether it's in the technology, we talk digital transformation. In uh, military, we talk about the transformation into the fourth or fifth generation of wars. In ideologies and systems, there is a transformation. You need to transform the people from the life under oppressive capitalism or previously socialism into a new system that can generate real justice. You want to transform the people out of darkness into light, as Islam says, out of oppression to justice, out of the so-called careless systems, systems that care about the rifle association more than they care about the life of the people, systems that care about the Rothschild family, how much they will gain money, more than about how much the people they are going to eat on a daily basis. So the transformation is to transform the people into this situation. The values of greed, anger, fear, revenge. Trump is talking about retribution and revenge on a daily basis. This is a, a world that cannot you cannot sustain the people like that. You need to transform them into a new values. And those values, that system of justice, that type of care needs a transformation and needs a vehicle to transform. The vehicle is us. We, the people, the Muslims who understand that, we would we have to make this transformation happen the vehicle of transformation is the islamic state the transformation process itself is the ideas of islam the transformers are the ones who believe in this it's it's very simple formula so that's why we say we are the transformers the transformers of people their life their entities their belongings into a chaos to an order, injustice to justice, uh, bad greedy values to supreme 
good values of ethics. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us transformers. Brothers and sisters, I mean, that, that phrase I think has struck me. I feel it's something I should go and uh, write on the wall here, that a Muslim, we should think of ourselves as transformers. And I am thinking of the, the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a small group of people who we speak about till today and whose mark on the world, changing it for the better, it was known throughout history. That's so the idea that when Muslims believe in this Islam that the Prophet led us with and they live by it and establish it in a Khilafah state, they indeed can transform. Ghulam Sarwal says, is it possible for a Khilafah state to overcome this situation rapidly? If current world order collapses and the Khilafah emerges, uh, how can the Khilafah yani, move rapidly, solve situations rapidly? Are we so far back behind? Um, it, it seems like a monumental, a huge task sometimes. Well, every task, when you look at its end, is huge. But if you look at its beginning, it's one step. As uh, the English proverb says, the, the mile begins with a step, or the hundred miles begins with a mile. Yeah. At the end, when you look at the at the ends uh, that where we have a, a, a new world order uh, with justice, with uh, uh, qualities, with uh, wealth distribution, with values. Oh wow, this is too much. You, you cannot even you cannot even imagine it because you have all of this mess that we are living in. How is it possible that those corporations that suck the blood and the wealth of the people? are going to be diminished. That's, it, it seems to be big. But the step, once you take the first step, and that's when the Prophet وسلم, Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, told him the first time, Iqra, you start with a read. See, with reading, just read. And then he talks about بالقلم, then they use the pen. Somebody has to use the pen. That's step number one. But then, if you look at it 23 years later, he was, his armies, his people, his transformers were transforming the entire world. Yeah. And in less than 100 years, look at the world, how it was. It was a world where the Khalifa says, you know what, you have to, to throw the seeds on the mountains so the birds would eat and no one would claim that the birds in the land of the Muslims sleep hungry. Subhanallah. That is, but that you could, if, if you are thinking about that from day one, you say, oh, it's too much. It's a mission impossible. But the mission is impossible if you only think it's impossible, therefore I will not do it. But if you say it's a mission impossible, but I want to start doing it now. And that's when the, the, the Sahaba, some of them told the Prophet wasallam, oh, it's too much. We cannot take it anymore. When is this going to when are we going to have a, a victory? He said, it will come, but you are speeding, you are, you, you are pushing it, you are, being, uh, you are rushing it, but we have to take the steps. And they did. So that's what I'm saying here to the brother and to the rest of the brothers. Yes, uh, when I put the picture of the wall, how it will look under Islam, you will say, brother, why don't we go and sleep and uh, do uh, some barbecue and enjoy ourselves? That's much better. 
but that it doesn't work like that. Salman Rahman says, my son wants to be a transformer. So I think now the father also wants to be a transformer like the Sahaba of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. A few questions and, and comments. Ahmed Hanif, uh, let, me, let me take two or three. If the opportunity arises to restore the Khilafah, do we have enough support to restore the Khilafah system? That's from Ahmed, uh, Ahmed Hanif. Um, and Abu Yusuf, a uh, slightly different question uh, about Jordan, that Jordan has eased an indefinite round-the-clock curfew imposed to try to limit the spread of coronavirus. What are your views on how the Jordanian government is dealing with, with coronavirus? Well, let me take this. Uh, look, Jordan, if you look at uh, you look it up on the map, you may not be able to find it. So it's not really... Uh, uh, there are some things happening within the local government it has to do whatever it, it does. Mm -hmm. uh, may Allah Azza wa Jal uh, guard the people here I mean, in the I rest mean. of the world from this coronavirus. But that's uh, that's beyond the issue. That's not really serious enough to tackle at the world uh, scale. Uh, but the most important question is whether there is support or not. No. Uh, no. Whenever I am asked this question, usually I ask myself and the person who is asking me, are you in support of this idea or not? Am I in support? I say yes. The, the, I, the idea of the, of the Khilafah yeah. returning, inshallah. The idea of the Khilafah returning, and I'm willing to give whatever it, uh, it takes. Well, uh, I am, because I am carrying this dawah. And you, I mean, the person who is asking, most likely yes. Then my question, why do you think that the rest of the people, the 1.8 billion people, minus two, minus me and you, are different? After all, we believe in the same God, we believe in the same ideas, we read the same Quran. Maybe I was faster in reading and understanding, and you came closer to see it before some others. That's, that's the only difference. But if I am right, and I am convinced that the conviction I have are valid ones, and they come from the source that I believe in, and I am convinced that I am part of the ummah, I am not a different person, then whatever I have in my heart is the same as each and every one who believes in Allah Azza wa Jalla and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has the same belief. Maybe we are different in time scale. Someone was a bit faster than the other. Someone had more opportunity to come under uh, Brother Taji to teach him something before the, the second brother. That's all. But that's so the, the, the idea that's in my heart, in my mind, I am absolutely convinced it's the same idea in the Ummah. Therefore, whatever I am supporting, the Ummah is supporting. Otherwise, I am not part of this Ummah. SubhanAllah. And one time when one person asked me the question, brother, why are we being so late? You are being so late. You have not accomplished what you have accomplished. And I asked him the, I asked him the, the second question, brother, uh, we have been in dire need for your support because you are one of us. But until now, you have not supported us in this movement. So once you join your hands with my hand, then we will be one step closer to achieve what we are. We want to achieve. So that's the idea here is it's the, it's the mass movement. I want uh, everybody to march with me and to put hands together so we can achieve what what it's an obligation upon us 
because Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, and I think I put this in the in in, in my article, mm-hmm. uh, it says, We will ask the people, we will hold responsible the ones who have been given a message. I mean, we are part of an ummah. We are blessed that Allah Azza wa Jal made us part of this ummah that has a message. But that's not without a price. Allah Azza wa Jal says, I will ask you, I will hold you responsible. So once I have this message conveyed to the rest of the people, we are going to be questioned, we are going to be responsible about the about the coronavirus, about the people being uh, wiped out. Who is going to, 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 to be responsible for that? Do you think Allah Azza wa Jal will ask Trump about it? Trump will be asked for his idiot, for being an idiot person, period, for being whatever he is. But he is not responsible or will not be charged about the spread of coronavirus. I will be, you will be, the Muslims will be, because Allah Azza wa Jal said, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ You are the ones who should be the witnesses. You are the ones who should be responsible. The other ones will be punished, will be treated based on their own problems of belief in the first place but beyond that beyond that who is responsible that's what my message to the people we have to be the transformers it's an obligation upon us to be the transformers it's a responsibility to be the trans it's not an option it's not an option at all it's not whether we like it or not it's not because i enjoy at this time of night, simply to be sitting here and talking to Brother Taji and don't even know who is listening to me. That's not the joy. It's not a matter of, oh, I love this. It's a, it's a good uh, entertainment. It's not entertainment. It is not. It is part of an obligation that we have to do it and we have to carry our responsibility. Uh, brothers and sisters, you've been watching myself with my guest tonight, Dr. Mohammed Mankawi. Um, alhamdulillah, giving us time discussing the coronavirus and the collapse of the world order. Um, this is the coronavirus diaries. It's 9 p.m. every night, inshallah ta'ala. Tomorrow, we have Brother Hamza will be joining us talking about the youth and helping the youth. Um, some final thoughts and comments before we wrap it up, inshallah ta'ala. Um, Brother Abu Talha, the, looking to the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and what he achieved, when we look in the rear view mirror, back to our history, we see that he established a new order in the world. Islam became a power, saved people, guided people, united different races and colors, brought justice. Um, what the inspiration you take nowadays looking at this crisis of corona some people can look at this this is a terrible situation but your message seems to be there is an opportunity here to do what the prophet and the muslims before us achieved so your, your, your final word for us inshallah yes my final word look the prophet from day one as uh, it was stated once allah told him in surah al-muddathir qum fa'andir, stand up and warn the people once he was told stand up all night except for a few hours once he was told that he told khadija take off my bed i am standing up for this message number one number two he took the struggle so serious and he did not leave any opportunity but without exploiting it 
in fact, after the death of his uncle and his wife, Ali bin Abi Talib narrates that the Prophet would never have ever listened or heard that there was a person who could add a support to this da'wah of Islam without approaching him and talking to him. لم يكن يسمع بعزيز قوم له شرف في قومه إلا أتاه. He listens. Whenever somebody says, "Oh, there is a person who is influential, powerful," he rushes there and he takes the opportunity. It didn't work. Fine, but he continues to do that. And when when Aisha رضي الله عنها she says that the, the, when Allah عز وجل wanted to give the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and his deen the, the victory. The event of Medina, the war in Medina, had had left Medina in vacuum. I'm using now my words. In vacuum of political leaders, of an order within Medina, the Prophet ﷺ rushed to that, and he immediately sent Mus'ab bin Umair, and he created the atmosphere where he migrated and built his state. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was an opportunity seeker. He was an opportunity creator. He was a real transformer, and he was carrying the the, the whole mission with the, with the with the best and the most powerful thing he has. And the Sahaba did the same. And he said, "This is how I carry the da'wah, and the people who follow me do exactly the same way." So that so that's what give me the the, the strength, this momentum, this zeal that I want to to rush and do that and leave no opportunity. Some people today I was talking says, oh, how do you know that there will be an opportunity? After all, there may, there may not be an opportunity. The world order may be, may be the same. The economic will not collapse. I said, fine, but I'm not going to let this until it happens a few months down the road. I say, oh, I should have done this or that. I should be pushing now, talking to everybody, bringing my Islam to the world. And the people there all over the world who are listening to us, the world need to know that Islam is mercy. The world need to know that ISIS was fake, that ISIS was made by the same guys who are who are playing with the blood of the people today in Downing Street and in Washington, D.C. and in Moscow. They created this to scare the people out of Islam. It's my duty now and your duty and everybody's to let the people know that Islam has the solution. Islam can save them from the atrocities of capitalism. Islam can bring them something other than greed. Islam can bring them a system that has real justice. The real justice is not in the fact that you have a jury of people who don't know nothing about what's going on. The real justice is because you have laws and regulations that come from someone who does not have bias at all. That's Allah Azza wa Jal. That's real justice. You have to, we have to bring the people to this. Look, you have been talking about secularism, about civil state. You really want justice. The people of the world, they really yearn for justice. They love justice. They want to live in fair life. But no one is giving them that fair life. No one is giving them that opportunity. They have been deceived. They have been under all of these type of bombarded with ideas, with wrong ideas, with, with slogans that are absolutely vacated from their values. It is now our responsibility to come up to the people and tell them, look, this Islam that was revealed 1400 years ago and was able to transform the world into what it had lived in prosperity, in peace, in justice for more than 1200 years. Until you, your people, 
the people of the, 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 the of money of the wealth of those they came and uh, threw it away and kept you under this uh, deceptive rules of capitalism and democracy now it's time to come back to your senses and we are helping you there that's our duty today coronavirus open opens for us this channel we have to use this channel otherwise we will be just sitting back and eating our oranges or picking on some apples and enjoying things and uh, sleeping with our wives and that's all and that is not what allah wants us to do May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, enable us to be transformers. This is one of our take-homes, uh, brothers and sisters who are watching this. Transformers. You know the kids program, the transformers, and the, they transform. We, the Muslim ummah, with the blessing of Allah, the Quran, the guidance, this Islam as a whole deen, are the ones to transform the world. And we could be sitting here today with Corona, Dr. Balkhawi telling us there is an opportunity People are asking questions. How does mankind get out of this? How do we solve this problem? The Muslim Ummah, brothers and sisters, we need to be transformers. Dr. Malkawi, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep you, uh, your enthusiasm, your zeal, your josh, and us also to keep us and to aid us and strengthen us that we come out of this better as transformers than when we started. Barakallah, uh, brother. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers and sisters, thanks for joining us. Uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.